0: good evening or hello everyone depending upon what time of the day you're watching this we are recording it at eight o'clock on saturday night the what's the day
1: the
0: 15th because i didn't do my homework until the last minute and john is bailing me out uh so this episode will debut on the 16th and i'm recording tomorrow with interstate man of mystery sherman house uh, for next week's episode and so hey actually planned ahead that week, and we got it under control. Joining us tonight for, I think, is his third appearance. Third run. Third appearance on the show is John Murphy. John, for the people who have not been paying attention, tell them who you are.
1: Uh, Well, thank you, Lee, for that rousing introduction. Uh, John Murphy of FPF Training. I'm a full-time itinerant instructor. I've been on the road living in my RV, Maslow now for uh, coming up on two years and two weeks. Uh, I'm starting my third lap around the country. Uh, I returned from a government intelligence agency uh, in January 2021 and been rolling about ever since, teaching various concealed carry classes.
0: All right, and part of that, you were one of God's chosen Marine Corps?
1: I I did, the US Marine Corporation. Uh, I cannot claim to be a combat veteran I mean, I heard the, I've heard the odd angry shot, and I pointed guns at people and yelled at them in, in languages, and they, they did not understand, and so I yelled louder. and uh, Louder
0: and slower.
1: Yes, and uh, eventually we, we conveyed what, what had to happen. It was, mo- it was most disconcertingly, most disconcerting. Yes. I came around the corner, came around this guy with, with an AK with a Beretta, I was holding it holding down on, and I said, put the gun down, put the gun down. And he did the craziest thing.
0: He it didn't put the, the gun down.
1: He, no, he smiled at me, <laughs> like crazy American. What are you? What are you doing over here? This is Mogadishu man. We point guns at each other by way of saying hello all the time. Uh, and then my guy, my guy, swarmed me, but we got him down. It was uh, you know America, Halls of Montezuma. He had a permit. He was a guard. And Then we dusted him off and went our way. Another so great moment in American military execution of foreign policy.
0: I, I have had a similar experience in a parking lot in northeast Georgia, pointing a pistol at someone and them not being impressed about it, with it at not, all. Not remotely. And like, I'm pointing a gun at you, and they're like,
1: yeah, I don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is the fifth time today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, those other people weren't worried about the legalities of shooting me. You actually are.
1: Ooh, so. uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that is actually kind of liberating in, in some regards, isn't it? For, for Yep, that?
0: yep. All right, well, we have both a step forward in technology tonight and a step back in technology tonight. The step back in technology tonight is that the cardboard box that I normally set my laptop on to get it at the height to do the video somehow was damaged and my computer was sitting at an angle. So we have grabbed a box of Cheetos. Oh, that we're sitting the, uh, the computer on tonight. And so that is our step back in technology. We had to replace a damaged cardboard box. The step forward in technology is John asked, hey, is there a way to share my screen during this? So for those of you that are on the YouTube channel watching the episodes, you will get to see John's PowerPoint as we go through this. Uh, For those of you that watch on Spotify, because now the episodes go out in video on Spotify as well, you'll be able to watch it. For everyone else, just John will have to do a very good job of describing uh, what he has on the screen. Uh, Speaking of the YouTube channel. Uh, if you would be so kind as to subscribe to it at Showtime tonight, I think we're at 942 subscriptions. I've got to get to 1,000 before I can turn on some of the features. And I would like to do that, which which point in time they'll actually pay attention and see that it has gun content and turn all the features off. But at least I want to reach that milestone. But We'll see. John, tell everybody what you're going to tell them about tonight.
1: Well, uh, we're going to talk about the, a, a skill acquisition paradigm. And Lee, my, my screen is broadcasting, and you're seeing it. Yep, I see it. Right, right uh because going down this pathway, you know, perhaps better title is what the hell do I need to know? If if anyone has any self-awareness at all, like beyond like I need to get a gun to get a gun, they have to come, they'll you know, they will come to a realization that holy cow, I am I'm really getting a hold of something here that there are a lot of consequences to it. And the more you know, the more you appreciate that there is to know. So I would also, you know, this is a Tiffany slide. This is just one guy's opinion. And there are certainly others out there that will have various other uh, approaches to this. Uh, But I am of the belief that we need to acquire a uh, uh, skill sets that interlock and overlap to support our overall strategy which is just to get home. We just wanna get home. I'm not out there to inflict my will upon anybody or, or make a point or, or, or I, I get any of that. I just wanna get home. And with that realization of that responsibility, like uh, if you look at a, a local crime, uh, crime reports or whatever, you're like, okay, I need to get a gun, take care of myself, my family, my loved ones. And then you say, holy cow, by doing that, I am acquiring a whole slew of responsibilities. And it can be initially overwhelming. And I will also say there is, are a lot of pathways out there you can follow, uh, some of which are more productive than others. Uh, my friend, the late Pat Rogers, referred to the internet not as the information superhighway, but as the di- disinformation cow path. So, and, that, and now suddenly you're, you're another another choice is thrust upon you. Who do I listen to? What What sources do I... Do I take? I don't know to vet anybody. Well, here, here are my thoughts on it. And like we a journey of a thousand miles begins with the proverbial one step. And we should go, our goal should be taking the small steps. Now, some of the skills that we acquire are concurrent with each other. Others will become sequential. But altogether they'll be highly consequential, and we can never let it just stop. Uh, I learned today in a conversation with one of my colleagues, Gabe White, uh, at a dinner, when like, holy cow, that had never occurred to me. So we, when you think you have it all, it is the first clue that you, you really don't. Now, this is a quote from my good friend, John Holsham, and I got this, uh, I talked to him about, oh, a year and a half ago, when I was putting this together, and he made the observation, at, at some point, you shoot good enough. Now, that is a result. There's a traditional focus on the gun. We got the gun. We have a gun. We got to work the gun, 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 shoot, 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 shoot. Well, in reality, that, that coming out of the holster and shooting is a highly consequential event, there are a whole slew of things we need to to, to learn and understand before that moment, which may actually enable us to avoid that moment. And then after we have applied force, well then, holy cow, we have just stepped through the looking glass and now I have to deal with the legal, AKA the justice system. And we gotta know about that. So if you apportion all of your time to just getting that sub-second draw, that, that magic uh, bill drill down or things of that nature, well, that's, that's all well and good, but those, that particular skill has got to be supported by others.
0: Before Hello. you move on from, from Mr. Yeah. Holsham there, let, let me just point out to the audience that uh, John Holsham was a guy who was whacking our enemies when they spoke Russian and was still in the business of whacking our enemies when they started speaking Arabic. Uh, he, he was involved and may still be uh, in, in, in that pastime for a long time and he's, right. he's a gentleman that when he speaks, you pay attention to, and I learn stuff just from the questions that he
1: asks because uh, it I'm, causes me to think. I'm glad you pulled me back. Uh, he is a profound, profound individual, and if you think you've, you've measured the depth of John Holsham, you know, no, you haven't. You haven't. There, there's going to be more there. Uh, I think he's going on the road if this coming year he's got some classes scheduled up, I'm, I'm afraid I can't recall the name of his business at this moment. But he's he's getting out there. Uh, I know
0: his uh, he's got a range north of Seattle.
1: Right. Uh, but um, he's, got, he's got some road classes coming up. Okay,
0: I need to get that scheduled then.
1: So uh, here here's a graphic that illustrates my point. We do a lot of shooting. Maybe a little bit of self defense law uh, laws of ownership for your state or municipality. Well, then we'll maybe shoot some more. Uh, But frequently, we buy the gun, we run a magazine or two through it, and it goes into a sock drawer. Never gonna be seen again. So to my mind, self-defense training needs to be contextual. And I've defined these layers of context which surround us constantly. First, there is the physical layer. Right now, I'm, I'm broadcasting to you from my RV Maslow in Homestead, from Homestead, Florida. Not much space about, uh, but other physical layers to be considered would be parking lots, convenience stores, department stores, your own home, the physical layout of the environment you are in. And within that, you can probably even take into account the physical abilities of the people that are there with you. Uh, I hate to be crazy, but younger men are more capable of physical violence than most. I, I know it's crazy to say that, but yet, been my experience. Uh, then we live in a legal environment that's wrapped around us. Now, this one's getting increasingly interesting because you would like to think that the law is pretty universal wherever you go. Well, a legit self defense shooting in, say, Houston, uh, will get you prosecuted in, in, say, New Jersey, depending upon that. And it, it, even in the same state, if you're the, you know, the Long Star t- State of Texas, and you are subjected to, say, the prosecutor in Austin, well, that might be a different deal than it would be, you know, just t- 25, 30 miles down the road. So you need to be cognizant of the legal environment around you, the laws of self-defense, the laws of ownership, the laws of storage. Uh, then we need to be aware of, of the cultural environment around us. Uh, I use an example in, in downtown D.C. Uh, on a Saturday night, I can be uh, salsa dancing in one moment. I go down a few blocks. I'm in Chinatown, uh, a few more blocks, and it's, it's hummus, and a few more blocks. It's like, total. we are not in Kansas anymore, are we? And we need to be cognizant of the cultural environment that we are in. Uh, I will also talk about the emotional environments we can encounter. Uh, each environment can become emotionally charged. Political events have become profoundly emotionally charged. Uh, weddings, funerals, divorces, you know, talk about the high and the low all in one, in one thing. And there have been multiple cases of extreme violence taking place in and around, around that particular legal venue, a, a divorce, because the emotions are so high. Uh, another thing I'm studying, well, road rage can become highly emotional uh these are things we need to be cause, cognizant of now wrapped around all these uh, layers is a temporal layer time and because it just keeps on ticking do 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 oh that was bad never again will i try that joke uh, <laughs> time keeps moving on uh what is a legal use of force in one instance it, one instant will get you jammed up the next I wouldn't even burrow down so far as to say the right word at the wrong time or the wrong word at the wrong time has put you into that temporal loop. And these things will always ha- they have a before, a during and an after. And we have to understand that that timeline keeps running. And here we are, uh, things we can think about our lifestyle, pre behaviors and skills, incident skills, and then post-incident skills. Now we're talking about skills. What we really need is a disciplined, a multi disciplined integrated approach to the problem. And at that moment, all these things need to mesh together like like fine gears, shifting gears down the highway. Now, historically we focused on the gun, but there's a lot more to it. So I use the analogy here, and by the way, this is a Tiffany PowerPoint, so you know it's <laughs> going to be really really visually stunning. We've we got to eat the elephant. And we got to know, here, here are the skills of the chunks of this elephant. What are our human performance factors? Uh, we, we tend to concentrate on how fast we can draw and shoot that first best shot, but well, how far can I run? How long does it take me to run five yards? How quickly can that person close on me? Uh, next up, we need to understand human psychology and conflict. Physiology, proxemics, the science of how, what, when things are close to you, how, that, how you react to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, down here, less lethal, ballistics. Do we need to become martial Sano experts? No, but we, we need to understand what bullets need to do on our behalf. Uh-huh.
0: That, that's one yeah. point I'd like to elaborate on right there because, as you're saying, people tend to focus on the amount of time it takes to make that first best shot, etc. That presumes that that first best shot is going to immediately incapacitate and stop the attacker. Yeah. And as we well know, that is typically not the case.
1: Not the case. Uh, yeah, that, but, but my point four or five manly, you <laughs> know. Right. Yeah. uh uh, and beyond that, well, crime and criminals, and then, then you, what, what conflict looks like. Uh, a lot of the cases I study start, start out as two relatively reasonable, intelligent individuals, and then someone has a, gets affronted. About two, three months ago, there was an incident where two fathers, both of them with their children in their car, were driving around shooting each other like a gangland, sh- gangland shootout. It was down here in Florida. Now, I'm not going to say actually, but there we go, actually. <laughs> uh, and they both got jammed up really hard. One of the girls got shot, was wounded. And, and that it was over, I, I think the, 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 the initiating factor was someone got cut off. And rather than they just forgive someone's trespasses against us, as I, he couldn't do it. Uh, on that note, I, I just had a student email me. Uh, he was all proud of what I, what I taught him came into play until it didn't. And he was essentially run off the road in his van, got back on the road, and he had a dash camera. And he was determined to capture this guy's license plate. So he aggressively pursued this guy. Uh, fortunately, the other guy did not react to that, but I, I asked him, what, what could possibly have gone wrong? other than that he suddenly stops and produces a gun. It, it, there are so many layers to wrap to this. And uh, yeah. bottom line, I will default to a saying I've had, is gun goes on, ego comes off. Now, let's move yeah. back to that. And, next and one.
0: another note on conflict there, if one party realizes they're in a conflict and the other one doesn't, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: there's a completely different uh span of reaction and response times and that that, that
1: is a that is a gap of the sort that John Farnham talked about and uh he talked about skill gaps and I'm coming to understand that frequently it's an understanding gap. Uh-huh. And to borrow from him, a phrase from him, we die in the gaps. We do. And that understanding gap will put you behind if, if this is the curve and here's you behind the curve. And again, environmental understanding. What kind of situation am I involving myself in right now? And how do I I get out of this thing? So all these skills have to be leavened with common sense and emotional control. And that last part, well, that comes from a strict self-assessment. So there are barriers to training. And my friend Memphis Beach on the YouTubes, Recently a student in my, in my uh, class I had uh, in Nashville, like Top Gun Academy, we're in a lovely town. Uh, people have all kinds of excuses not to train. And he has, some, he has some really great videos on his YouTube channel. All these, ego is a big one. Uh, ignorance, well I don't need you to know that. Uh, fear, well I don't want to expose my weakness or my feelings to, to my fellow students. And then there's inertia i'll get to that later i'll get to that later so here there's a quick shot on youtube.com backslash c backslash memphis beach he's got a pretty good channel yep.
0: uh, speaking of memphis he is starting his own podcast i don't know the name of it but he's in the works of starting it and i will be a guest on that coming up in a few weeks well look at that so he, he, yeah, if you were in the That Weems Guy Show Facebook group, you'll probably see linkage to that
1: at some I'm point. Gonna stay, I'm going to stay tuned to that. Yeah. So I will make an observation here that if you're listening to this podcast, you are not the norm. Uh, you are, You've are you already sought knowledge, information, and experience beyond that simple gun. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe the Delta Force analogy is a little bit strange, but you are in the 0.1% of gun owners in this country right now. And then we have to watch out for the Dunning-Kruger effect. And it's very simple, easy to fall prey to this. You take a class or two, and suddenly you're an expert. But the more classes you take, you realize, holy cow, there's a lot more to know. And the more you know, the more, the more you know that you don't know. And it, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. And it can take a, a matter of time before you have at least a beyond a nascent understanding across this spectrum of skills so now we have to talk about what what is sufficient i mean if at some point do you shoot well enough what what is that point well you have to take into account the tyranny of time so if you take all your your time for training and preparation well then other parts of your life are going to suffer and and vice versa you will be unprepared if you don't put enough work into it. I mean, the phrase that we've all been using for years now has been do the work. So, first we have to absorb our mission, which is just to get home. I just want to get home. I want to uh, preserve my health and what meager savings I've got. And the best way to do to that, to, to, to achieve that rather, is to avoid. Violent physical conflict or criminal criminality. Uh, I need to to define who my inner circle is. If I don't have a firm sense of inner circle. Well, I can start involving myself in things that I shouldn't get involved in. Third party interventions. Uh, I have a a 45 minute YouTube video on that on my channel, FPF Training. Which talks about how you can go from hero to zero or dead. In a third party intervention. So we, we need to achieve predecisions about what we will or will not get involved in with. I want to preserve my freedom, drive, continue driving around this great country. I don't want to enforce the law. I do not want to inflict my will on somebody else. Uh, my, I'm wearing a gun, so I have no ego. I want to protect that. And I do not want to be motivated by revenge uh, because the law will take a very, very dim view of that. So t- traditionally we emphasize hard skills. Uh, we like those because we can quantify them, but there are soft skills and they're largely underappreciated, but uh, I guess is crucial. Let me give you some examples here. Uh, well, here, if you're watching the, watching the, you know, there's little, Tiffany, you got the little thing to swirl around. I'm so proud of her for doing that. Uh, an example of a hard skill, it's an achievement based thing. I pulled off a sub second shot, or I've got a, I can, I can hit a 50 yard target in 1.2 seconds. It's outcome focused, and there, there are defined metrics to it. And we like it because we're doing something physically. Now, soft skills. Well, here's some examples of hard skills load, unload, reload, clear a malfunction, apply a pepper spray, uh, apply a tourniquet. De- a, de- defeat a choke, uh ship at an appropriate speed the appropriate distance, draw from concealment. Those are hard skills. We all love to work on those. Coming down though, and, and here's an example of a hard skill. This is our friend, John, uh, John Hearn. And this chart has gone through a variety of uh, iterations, but essentially, what, what, if we want to achieve automaticity with our hard skills, meaning that we have trained the skill to the point that we can largely keep our, our higher brain involved in solving the problem while our lower brain actually comes out and produces a pistol, produces a pepper spray or whatever without any conscious thought. To it. That is a lovely state of being. And John has kind of quantified here. Uh, if you shoot, for instance, on this chart, a casino drill in under 15 seconds, well, you have achieved automaticity you can run a pistol in that course of fire without putting too much thought about what you got going on uh other other iterations he, ha- he would have here if you can shoot the an idpa sharpshooter classification well then you you are achieving some levels now john recently did a podcast i, I would commend it to you he doesn't really cover this but he had a lot of in-depth things the other things he does on human performance factors so these are the hard skills that we like to quantify and get, and get learned. Now, the soft skills. These are much more behavioral and interpersonal. How, how do I talk to somebody? At some point, you have to have a, an aperture to understand, I need to talk to this person at, at an appropriate level. Uh, it's much more instinctive. It's very difficult to teach. Harder to practice outside of like Toastmasters or, or an environment like that. Uh, impossible to measure. You don't go to a match uh, uh, and, uh, on the beat. How quickly can you can can you achieve deconfliction with somebody over a parking park, spot dispute? Beep and go. I'm sorry, sir. Pardon me. It was my fault. This is your spot. You just can't. There's no timing to that. So there's no no immediate gratification or reward. Not as fun, but just as crucial. Other things we need to think about is uh reading a person or a room uh in my former life in the intelligence community i would go go to meetings and i would do what i could to research the bios of the people that were going to be in the room and their backgrounds like okay what is this guy gonna be what's his where's he coming from what's his angle uh that would be reading people and a room now if i'm a, if i'm on the street well suddenly i I'm, you know, I'm not really probably not dealing with Ivy League educated individuals, uh, it might be a little bit different. So we have to have the ability to scale up and down to that. We need to understand the relationship between time, distance, and speed, because they mesh. Uh, if we, I, I'm going to use a term just to get a laugh out of Lee, the tooler drill. Oh yes, oh the pain, poor, 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 poor Mister Tuler. Uh, much more better defined as the tooler principle which is well from seven yards a healthy man can be on you in about two seconds and uh i i my my last class my decrepit 60 year old butt closed seven yards in 2.2 seconds if you've got a 1.5 second draw stroke well, that leaves you 0.2 seconds to make a decision of what you're going to do. That's just not enough time. So those three attributes times pretty distance distance interlock. We need to navigate life situations. Uh, uh, for instance, I don't know. I had a conflict in a laundry mat a couple of years ago. That could have gone really stupid. I got, I got the hell out. Uh, recognizing key terrain, both uh, physically. And culturally, emotional, What's happening in that space? What is the highlight, the nexus of that particular of that particular time and space to find yourself in? This next one is a term from from our our friend Craig Douglas. He refers to it as verbal agility. I uh, I like the capacity to to uh, maintain separation via verbalization. But sometimes you have to engage people and sometimes you have to convince them of something that may not be true and well it's, that would be called lying and we, we 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 have some people are better at it than others the poker face or whatever but at some point here's a thought if i draw to the ready on someone because i'm convinced he's about to assault me i need to convince that person beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he is less than a second away from getting shot. I've got to sell that. And that, that will take a, a, a form of agility and sincerity. Because there, as we and I were discussing earlier, there is an element of human society that will be totally unimpressed with your pistol. And if they don't believe you, well, no, I don't think you will. I think I'll walk over there and take that gun from you and use it on you. If they don't believe you, well, you, you, you're gonna, you, they're, they're going to find out. Keeping your cool. Uh, this is one which is increasingly difficult in an emotionally charged world. Uh, a few words can set people off. Also, keeping your cool after you have been physically accosted. If someone gives you a shove or even a punch, it's not going to kill you, much more than, more than likely. And that might not be the time you stroke out that concealed pistol. In fact, it probably isn't, but it may be. But keeping your cool under that of, under that form of, a, of a, uh, being antagonized, well, that's, that's a soft skill that you need to work on. So here's uh, the award for winning a gunfight. The guy's getting a big medal in the medallion. And then this is for the people who weren't watching. We, we pan out, there's a whole host of things above winning a gunfight with avoidance being the number one prime, prime winner. Avoid these circumstances and situations. So here we have our hard and soft skills rolling through those environments. I was so proud of Tiffany for that one too. She did such a <laughs> fine job of that. Our hard and soft skills roll through the physical, legal, cultural, emotional, and temporal environment seamlessly, until we get out of there. And then where do we go? We go home. Now we document progress with the timer. It's easy. Uh, Those little that little digital display will tell you the whole story. Time to your first shot. Time to your splits. How long you were to reload or reduce the malfunction. To to mix a metaphor, the timer never blinks. but the virtue of of avoidance, well, that's its own reward. Uh, This past summer, I had a moment. I was driving through Texas looking for an RV park on a side road. And in Texas, the speed limit on a side road is 70. All right. And I knew I had a truck behind me, but he was a, a fair bit back. But I am mentally attuned to 45 miles an hour on a road like that and gps said your your left turn in a half a mile I'm thinking well i've got some time well i did not have any time and i made a rather abrupt left turn into this place the guy behind me honked because he probably had to slap on his brakes i was suing but i i did not give him a a few breaks you know flashes myself so i him know so this is entirely on me i make the turn on in the rv park and i park i plug in I thought, you know, that guy was pretty upset. I wonder if he's gonna come back. And I look up and he's pulling in the RV park, looking around, look, searching for me. I thought, well, this is this has become a day now, hasn't it? This is a thing. He pulled around me, stopped, looked at my RV, recognized I, I had a bike in the back. It was very obvious which one was what. And then he left. And then I went back, I unplugged my RV, I got in the phone, Google, RV parks near me. And i got the hell out because i did not want to have him show up at my, at my door at two o'clock in the morning with his friends to have that discussion that was my that was my ninja self-defense move i ran away <laughs> shamelessly so the mission drives everything uh, a grocery store run and then get back home so you think about the tasks well i have to navigate to the store interact with people uh, inflation, corral the kids, load the vehicle, navigate home. So there are a whole suite of skills that you may not appreciate that, appreciate that they're tied to that particular task. So that's pretty much where I have a question here uh, on this particular topic. So this next up, I started this out as a kind of a bingo game approach, but I decided I didn't, didn't like that. And right now I've defaulted to, to a layered approach. So this will be how I have defined the first layer, or I should say in this case, layer zero. A layer zero is know yourself. What sets you off? What causes inattention with you? What puts you in a mental state that is not conducive to just getting home? I, I have on my YouTube channel, I have a, a, a good 20-minute video on, on understanding yourself. There's a lot to it. Uh, think about you are kind of a select uh, the human being is an input device in some regards uh, you are a collection of buttons, slot, dial, switches and levers and if you give somebody access to your buttons, dials, switches and levers well they can trigger you into something that is not going to be productive for anybody so guard your emotions by all means Know know yourself and then know your inner circle, the people near you. Uh, I have a friend who sometimes will take it upon himself to enforce societal standards. And I have, I have he's a pretty big guy, a pretty big capable dude, but uh, there's always somebody out there that is going to rise to your challenge. And for me to insert myself in a circumstance like that, it has got to really be something worth it
0: you know and along with that is when people imagine themselves in these situations they always presume that they're going to win
1: and they're always right yeah. they're always right
0: the other side gets a vote it's like the whole argument over de-escalation well the cops should have de-escalated that well if the other side doesn't agree to be de-escalated then uh, de-escalation doesn't work
1: what what i the I the, what i use for that st- situation my statement there is that person has a 51% controlling majority of what is or isn't going to take place. And if they, if they refuse to de-escalate, well then, we're going to have to find another way. Lee, uh, you're, you're aware of one of my favorite law enforcement sayings and I was in, know what means in law enforcement. Sir, is there anything I can say or do to have you leave right now? No. Well then, you, 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 you just gave him a binary decision. So there's no more negotiation. Well, then he's bought the ticket. He's taken the ride. And we had to have that capacity to recognize. Well, sir, I just want to go home. Will you let me go home? No. Well, then there we go. You've asked politely. Uh, I would Think about the legal and more, uh, social goodwill you have, will have bought by that. So I I just wanna leave, would you let me leave please? No, then there's a thing that happens. The police get involved, the witnesses. Well, what happened here? Uh, Well, that guy there said he just wanted to go home and that guy over there laid his hands on it, wouldn't let him leave. So that guy pepper sprayed him. Oh, so maintaining that high ground is beneficial all the way home. So once you know yourself and you gotta trust yourself to, to store a gun. And you also have the capacity, I'm I'm having to work on this still, to forgive yourself when you have a moment of humanity. Uh, If you obsess on it, no one's doing any good. You're not doing anybody any good. Level one skills for me, uh, purchasing a firearm, storing it, understanding the types of violence you're going to be getting involved with. Uh, We just had, I I referred John's. Webinar from a few weeks ago, there are types of violence. Now, in the moment, that's not really particularly of any great different impact. If someone's wailing away away on you, it doesn't matter if it's predatory violence or expressive violence, that doesn't matter. Now, but before that moment, or to borrow a phrase to the left of bang, if I understand what expressive violence is, and I can see it come, my, coming my way. And that gives me time to de-escalate and depart. Or just depart. Uh, knowing your circle. Uh, group dynamics. A little, little human psychology. Uh, I'm going to borrow now this next one from our, our good friend, Master John Farnham. And understanding the rules of stupid. And that is don't go to stupid places at stupid times and do stupid things with stupid people. And if you adhere to that, it's amazing how calmly sedate your life can be. I mean, I've come to call a time when 2 o'clock in the morning was an was a early night for me. And now it's like, oh, 9 o'clock, oh, about that time. Then my, I get a text, who, who would dare text me at this ungodly hour? Uh, now, John Korea of Active Self-Protection, he has kind of a caveat to this. You can generally violate one of the rules of stupid. But for every rule you violate you are get, garnering an exponential likelihood of a bad, bad outcome and by the time you get you know three or four rules of scooping together well stand by next one is uh pre-estate indicators we're all about shooting but what happens happens before from a criminal assault paradigm what does it look like before it happens and i just happen to have a pretty cool video on my youtube channel on criminal assault indicators. Uh, Now you'll see this particular slide if you're watching it, uh, most of these skills are blue and blue reflects a soft skill. Now over here I have stop bleeding and that's a red hard skill. Uh, Here's one from uh, Colonel John Boyd, the OODA cycle. Observation, orientation, decision, action. And what is situational awareness? As our mentor Tom would say, it, it distills to who is around me and what are they doing? And the other thing I got from Tom, Tom recently, and it's a brilliant assumption, is he assumes everybody he meets is crazy and has a gun. And if you start with that assumption, well, then you can be pleasantly surprised when you encounter a normal human being. I think that makes a lot of sense. You need to understand ego and consequences, and uh, appropriate levels of force, the laws of self-defense, as it were. You need to achieve predecisions and set boundaries, primarily physical boundaries. I will not let people get that too close to me. But you can also have mental and emotional boundaries as well as you, you want to you want to enforce. Uh, this all comes back down to basic basic human psychology. Wrapped around understanding yourself. Layer two, laws of self-defense. Making informed purchases. Now this is one where where novices, well, I will confess, as many here watching and listening probably have, at one point I had the box. And that was a box of really good ideas. Uh, The first handgun I ever bought was a Colt Lightweight Commander. And I pretty much broke, broke the bank on that on that thing. Didn't have much money left. And why well, didn't you buy a holster? Well, for a poultry $9.95, and this is in like $1982, so we're talking like several thousand today, I got a floppy neoprene thing with a metal clip on it. And I, by God, I had a holster. And, uh, and then someone took me aside and introduced me to Van Galco. And I might have learned a thing or two about holstering the gun without involving just one hand. The mouth, of the holster has to stay open. There's certain things that holsters need to do, and that that neoprene piece of crap, it just it just wasn't doing it. Uh, here, right along up, uh, moving over now, I got basic combatives. Uh, can you put your hands up and bat off a, a, a blow? Can you shove someone away? Can you throw a punch? Can you take a punch? Fundamentals of marksmanship. Uh, the five rules of gun safety. I know for you know we got the traditional four. Uh, I've added a fifth. That is engage your brain before you touch the gun. And every time you touch a firearm, you are, you are handling a lethal instrument. And that is a moment where compl- complacency, complacency or neglect, well, it can bite you pretty hard. Uh, Cause feeling a handgun upon the body, there's art and art to it. Uh, if you can go to the Filster YouTube channel, they have a whole series on what casemate looks like. And we are we are blessed right now with a host of companies producing some really amazing stuff. Uh, I can recommend without hesitation: Filster, Dark Star Gear, JM Custom Kayaks, Spectre Keepers. But there are numerous other companies out there cranking out some really great gear. So be informed. Uh, it, and that way you can avoid maybe acquiring the box. Uh, Basic manipulations, load, unload, reload, reduce malfunctions. That's pretty much all we have to do with a pistol. Uh, Achieving conscious competence, that's back working toward automaticity. If I think about these things, I can do it. Uh, Moving over now to managing unknown contacts, where again, I'm going back to a Craig Douglas uh, approach. His terminology, managing unknown, and I would even add unwanted contacts. Uh, My first exposure in this regard came from from John Farnham. He calls it talking to Goofy. And that is throwing up a word, verbal barrier, backed up by physical posturing, like, whoa, whoa, buddy, would you stop right there? Stop right there, please. To screen out ambiguity. And if these people stop, well, then maybe it's just a shakedown. I can't help you, and we move on. If they continue to encroach, well, I my, my saying in that regard is movement is eloquent communication. So it seems we need to understand. We move up to uh, perhaps buying a long arm at this point, maybe. Uh, positioning in a room or in a crowd. What, what what does that look like? What does that mean? Your home environment skills. How do I perform self-defense at home? Pepper spray. We need a form of... Uh, less lethal and pepper spray is a pretty you know pretty darn good one uh maybe uh we have a, i call it here the dial i could dial things up i could dial things down escalate de-escalate you can de-escalate by escalation but again I, I would use this analogy here you are you are you just strum the chord of doing banjos dun, 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 dun. well if someone decides to go up another 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 octave, Well, then, how does that end? You have to think that through. This thing should be levelling in some basic 4x4 for scenario training. Uh, Consider a prepaid defense plan. Uh, I don't mean to insult anyone, but general fitness goes a long way. Uh, If you can't walk a mile in 20 minutes, and I know some people just physically can't, do what you can to improve yourself. That's all it takes. and then drawing from concealment. That, then we go from level two now up to layer three. Now you're noticing layer one it didn't even involve really a gun. Now we moved up. We have other skills to worry about. Uh, one handed manipulations in shooting. Understanding that re- relationship between time and timing. Uh, I know if I have a 1.5 second draw stroke and I find myself in a situation where I only have maybe one second of time, because this guy's eyes are on me or his muzzle is on me, something of that nature. Well, I need to understand that it's not my timing moment; it has not arrived. Street encounter tactics, uh, advanced combatives. And let me throw this out right now: a lot of our friends are heavily involved in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, and it's lovely to watch them burrow down. And I don't want to use the characterization of a rabbit hole. But you can, because there's a lot, a lot at the end, there, it just takes, like, there are layers and layers and layers beneath many of these skill sets that go profoundly deep. And a lot of people find themselves doing that. It's, it's a lovely thing. Uh, i grab a couple here. Mass violence reaction. I had a student this past weekend, was in a mall this past summer. And she's armed. She's there with her wife and two kids. End of the day, they got got to get the shopping done, so they split up. Uh, My student looks up and sees a wall of humanity running at her, screaming. Well, that's that's, in the intelligence business, we would call that an indicator. And sure enough, there was a gun scare. Well, it just so happened that they were separated, It it, it just kept falling apart. Understanding how your your family, your your circle is going to act in that circumstance is something that you you need to kind of train up as a group. Now, characteristically, her mother was with her as well. And she said, okay, let's make a run for it. And she ran with her kid and she looked, got to where they were going, looked behind and dragged it behind her, still pushing the shopping, shopping cart with mom because mom could not let go mentally. She couldn't shift the gears that we've, we've shifted from shopping to saving our lives. And that's, that's a skill set. Uh, the vehicle environment, force on force, advanced fitness, driving skills, achieving unconscious competence. These are all a layer above. Now, once you achieve these these skills, like a, a, like a fighter pilot, this guy's flying an F-22, he has to fly 10 or 12, 12 hours a month to maintain currency. If it doesn't, skills degrade. Uh, Some years ago, I I deployed, I came back to the range, and I thought, well, I'll just go right back into it with my, you know, my Zipity fast draw stroke. No, I could not. Uh, You have to maintain currency in your hard and soft skills, and the head head game, your mindset, your predecisions, That is the foundation. And if your foundation fails, I don't care how fast you can draw draw a pistol or how fast you can run or how quickly you can punch someone. Your head game fails, the whole whole house falls. So maintaining currency, we study what we need to to learn, we acquire. We validate these skills under pressure, preferably force on force, but certainly with a timer. Then we sustain them, and it's a constant cycle. And eventually, over time, you may find something during your ongoing studies. Holy cow! This is a this is a better technique. No problem. Out with the old, in with the new. For instance, in my classes, I teach pepper spray. Generally, that's a whole new thing for people to think about. Well, you acquire a new weapon or a new capability. You have to train to integrate both that skill set and then integrate that skill with everything else. It's just another th- It's another thing. I can quote Forrest. Uh Physical capability—you don't need to be a CrossFit champion, but just just be better. Uh, I'm using a thing now. I'm living in an RV. I can't carry weight. shall we? I have a thing called X3. It's rubber bands, and it's it my it gets my muscles worked out. So I've got some some six some modest suggestions for a uh, essentially skill sustainment regimen. So hard skills maybe once, a, three times a week, a fifteen-minute dry fire session. Uh, throw in a couple of tactical applications or battle dressing, bandage applications. Practice, practice drawing your pepper spray. You gotta head that down, you know, to to a science, because you're it's a weapon you're employing. And three hours of physical activity, for your soft skills. Uh, I'm, I am a big fan of John Korea's Active Self-Protection channel. So watch a couple of his, of his five-minute videos a week just to see what crime looks like. Because when you're doing that, you are acquiring vicarious experience. And your mind won't really recognize the difference between the two. Like, oh, I can recall that video when, this, when, when these three guys were walking towards someone and they spread out, oh, I know what this is. And you can take that lesson on board. Have what-if discussions with people of like-mind or your family, like your spouse and your kids. What if, we're, what if we're at the car putting groceries away and someone someone comes up and, and asks for a dollar? What do we do? Have that kind of thought. And then find some affinity groups of like-minded people and work these things out with them. Uh, monthly hard skills shoot a match. Alternatively, if you subscribe to the Rangemaster newsletter, You've got, if only there were a thing called the drill of the month. Every month, you can shoot a drill. And if you join the right Facebook group, you can throw up your target. You can can critique yourself, throw it out there, hold yourself accountable. It's a good thing. And then more what if uh, conversations with friends and family. What if, what if, what if. And read a book on a related topic. There are numerous books I've got here in Maslow. The, The Little Black Book of Violence. Uh, straight talk on armed self defense with Masayu and a bunch of our other friends. Uh, numerous books, just re- read a book, keep that mind engaged. Uh, annually, you should probably attend my class annually, think of it as your annual booster. Uh, scenario based or decision making tra- making training, I cannot emphasize that enough. Good force on force or just plain old scenario trading, does so much to raise your shock threshold and give you a sense that I've seen this before. So I, I'm still in my comfort zone and public speaking. If you if you have a hard time with it, join Toastmasters. Uh, I recently watched a podcast where Craig Douglas recommended uh, speed dating. That, that kind of thing. I mean, you're you're selling something. You're trying to sell something. And next up, live your life unbounded. Uh Think about this, but not to the point where you don't do what you want to do and live the way you want to live. Uh, maybe a, a couple hours a week will see you through a 24, 30-hour commitment a year, and that should be enough to get you through the rough points of life. Now, here I have a, a, just an example. I call it the dial. I mentioned earlier, I had to have a dial for my skills. This is some thought I'm having here. Down here, I've got, and this is nowhere near to scale. I've got a pleasant social exchange. Uh, Hello, sir, how are you? And you know what? Normal human beings do that all the time. I like to say hi to people for a couple reasons. First, I like to be polite. And secondly, that if I give someone a polite greeting and I get one in return, there's probably a pretty good chance I'm not going to have a problem with that person, particularly if we both just keep on walking. Then we had awkward encounters. And we've all had had, some, had had our share. On a year or so ago, I'm in a gun store where a guy just came up and said something. I was having a conversation with him. He was like kind of a goomba, but okay. And then he just became profoundly racist. And I just excused myself. And then I thought, the more I thought about it, I thought, well, how dare you? How dare you presume? that some kind of kindred spirit. I, he, I can't. Then you laugh, but just as well. We have to have a, a passive panhandler, uh, and then friction and conflict. And that can take place, you know, workplace, uh, conflict, uh, public public places, public venues. So, hey, sir, that's my parking spot. That kind of thing, like that. Yeah, you know, I've had parking spot disputes. Aggressive panhandler. And then physical contact and the lethal force. So we have to have a dial all the way up and down for this thing. But at the center of the dial, we had the big red button. And we can mash that big red button and we pull that pistol out. And, and if we introduce a pistol into a situation, situation even without firing, our lives have changed. If we fire that shot, then it's changed dramatically. And the big red button I call it you know the, the last resort, but sometimes the, uh, we immediately, we, we ha- we are default we have to move to the last resort because that's how the, the, t- the situation is imposed upon us. Uh, but we take a lot of big red, bu- red button classes. We all come up and push the big red button. and I'm arguing that I think we need a broader skill set to support that. So with that, uh, Lee, here's my 2023 schedule. I'm wrapping up in, uh, in Florida. Um, I've got, I'm working with Shane for a class up there, up your way. I have a class coming up uh, in, in Maine, flying into that one with China Whitlock and, in, and I'm going to be driving with Maslow all across the great Atlantic country of ours. I'll probably see you again, if not at Red Hill uh, uh-huh. up in Georgia then certainly again at, at TacCon. Uh, I am coast to coast. People have I've observed geography hates the Midwest. There's no classes in the, in the Midwest. Just the way the schedule broke out this year, uh, I have a class being scheduled. It will be in September in Minnesota. Uh, next year, I'll be back in North Dakota. That's 2024. I'm, I'm still a little bit warped. <laughs> uh, I'll be all the way out across the country, down through California and back across, ending up in Florida again, the, the second week of, of December, 2023. Uh I'm um look at your look look at your map, look at your schedule. I'm coming to you pretty close, somewhere pretty close. I'm pretty sure of it, across the country.
0: John, where's the best place for our audience to find your schedule?
1: Oh darn. It. Uh it would be uh fp right right there at the at the darn thing. FPFtraining.com. Still there? You can email me at John at and you will see, I have both a calendar layout, and I had this geospatially referenced one. Now, at the same time I'm around the country, I'm still keeping my range open in Virginia. And I'm hosting some of our best friends and some of the best trainers in the industry at that range. I've got Susan Birch coming up uh, for his combatants class, Greg Alephritz, Wayne Dobbs is coming in May. Carl Wren is doing his four-sign force and his advanced handgun work. Uh, this Tom Givings fellow, is showing up. Uh, and before him, I got John Heard for Cognitive Pistol and, and, some, and some of his lectures. I've got Tim Kelly of Apache Solutions. Uh, all there in, in the Northern Virginia area. And I'm even teaching a class or two myself at my own range this year. And that will be in uh, in September. Uh, the classes I'm teaching, I have there are three on the road this year. I've got Street and Cover Skills and Tactics which is a two-day class, which covers, uh, hits a lot of the wickets that we discussed in this presentation. It's almost like I designed it that way, I don't know. Uh, I also have a class called Before, During and After to One Day Class that hits the highlights. If you're already an accomplished shooter or have other skills, and you want to get some skills for before the instinct, some verbalization, pepper spray, things of like that, and some after the incident skills, verbalization uh stopping bleeding then before during it, and after it would be for you and then i have a class called vehicle environment skills and tactics and it's a one-day class recognizing that the road rage environment and the carjacking environment that that deserves its own one-day approach because the car represents well it's a powerful inducement to violence it's a, it's a substantially uh you know uh, financially do this, they cost money. I mean, oh my God, a new car, forget about it. Uh, there's also things inside that car that people want, or they can take the car and drive it off to a shop shop and have and park it out and make a lot of money. And then there's the fact that we are interacting socially with people at 60 miles an hour. And friction and conflict is inevitable in that world, and you have to have a plan for that. And then there's actually the physical portion of the car it represents uh an obstacle to move around so in your parking lot you can use your car as an obstacle to force people to come to you you can well cover consume it the whole nine yards yeah it's a pretty decent class i just ran one here last week in homestead well reviewed
0: there you go cool Uh, i have taken or participated in the first class you mentioned the straight and towners oh probably three times now
1: yep coming up on number four shortly and you will find it's changed appreciably from the last time you saw it Uh,
0: i always enjoy helping out with that class and everything because i always find new stuff to steal i mean i learn new new skills and uh, uh folks john has a really good way of addressing these problems and you know, here, here's the thing john is selling you your chocolate covered vegetables Yeah, you because know, everybody wants to come to the high-end shooting class and i want to you know, a student class i need to be shooting at least a thousand rounds and everything all right john actually has a very analytical approach to this and is a building block approach and you're going to accomplish all the things that you need to do like you're going to get practice in some of these soft skill uh things that he talked about in in this presentation tonight and uh, yeah and it's 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 always fun uh you know to learn from those experiences because you know one of the things he talked about there was people don't train because of ego and i think sometimes people don't go to force on force classes or Mm. classes in which they're going to be challenged to think because they're worried about challenges to their ego Well, the training environment is where you need to go have your colossal failures because that's where you need to have them and learn from them so that your actual game time performance is not when you fail. This this is an environment in which you need to go challenge yourself and learn and better yourself. And uh, I routinely say that John's Traveling Roadshow is one of the three best Traveling Roadshows that's out there and uh you will learn a lot from it and i and i I encourage you to sign up for it i know uh, we're trying to get together put together a class in south georgia uh shangos is going to be the prospective host for that we need a couple of more registrations for john's class to go down there and that range just to give you added incentive to go is just a couple of miles from the pow museum and so you can take a trip to and go take the work. class with with John and visit the POW museum. And I have been to that museum and the uh, the uh, military cemetery that accompanies is actually I have family buried in that cemetery. And uh, it's 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 worth the trip just to go see the museum. So go see the museum and take John's class.
1: Well, you know, Lee, appreciate that as an experienced law enforcement officer yourself. And I've had other other cops take the class. Uh, when I was in Dallas this past year, I had uh, Greg Lepricks and Wayne Dobbs in the course. And between them, there's probably pretty darn close to 55, 60 years of experience. And uh, both were very laudatory on my soft skills approach because there are guys that have done it and they, they appreciate that. And this isn't to me. I'm teaching LE tactics. But there's a, when it comes to the verbalization bit, there's some bleed over there. Yeah. Now, the, the difference is we just want to go home. I don't want to engage people in witty in, in repartee. I want to verbally deflect and then depart. And that, that is the separation I have. As opposed to law enforcement, well, they, so if they're talking to you and, and get serious, they're going to lay hands and their mission is to enforce the law and arrest. Not, my, not our job, we just want to go home. And we need some verbal deflection to achieve that.
0: Uh, also, threw in as far as the shooting skills. John has some very novel approaches uh, to the range time, and uh, I think you're going to be very, very uh, impressed with way way he presents the shooting material. And uh, I, I've stolen blatantly stolen uh, with. Bookmarks, I mean, excuse me, with footnotes so that everybody knows where it actually came from. Some of the stuff, and and used it in some of my cop classes. And like some of the guys, like, wow, we want more of this. And uh, so, yeah, you're going to get the hard skill, excuse me, the soft skill focus and training that you really, John's one of the only places where you're going to get that. But you're also going to get a unique approach to his hard skill uh, endeavors and very, very, very worthwhile class. And I highly encourage you. To, uh, well, to make the effort to attend.
1: We thank you very much for your, your time this evening. I appreciate the venue again. Uh, I am considering uh, our, our friend uh, out in Dallas as, uh, asked if I've considered writing a book on this topic. And I, I'm not sure that people would, do people read books anymore? I don't know. But <laughs> I'm putting some thought into it because uh, there's a lot to be said to fill the gaps. A lot. Now, I appreciate your time at this venue this evening. Thank you very much.
0: Well, John, I appreciate you coming along. And any other final thoughts
1: before we close it out? I just hope to see you all in the range.
0: All right, everyone. Uh, the show's numbers continuing to grow. Uh, I think I discussed in the episode that occasionally we have a, what I call a plateau buster, and which brings in a whole bunch of new audience to the show. And we tend to keep that audience once we, uh, once we get them. Um, uh, the Miami incident show with Ed Morales was a plateau buster. And so the numbers of all the subsequent episodes since then have been very high, uh, both on the podcast side and the YouTube side. And the podcast side, uh, about three times the audience of the, of the YouTube uh, videos. Um, that's thanks to you, the audience. And of course, we have great guests that come on, but uh, you know the audience is choosing to to play along and participate and find value in that. and I'm very, very appreciative of that. And I know that your most important asset is your time and thank you for choosing to spend that with us.